I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica, how are you doing today? Doing very well. I'm very tired. I stayed up late, like I'm talking like 2, 3 a.m. to watch a C drama, a Chinese Mm. drama that I'm very excited to watch, but I'm behind on watching it. So I was like, I need to make up time. So last night was Sunday night and I go, look, let me just sit here and watch like one or two episodes. I get through four episodes (laughs) and that's because it was so good. And I was like, I really do need to just, if I'm not tired, then I'll just keep going. So that's what happened. And now I'm paying for it. My entire body is like, you need to go to sleep. (laughs) You need to go to sleep. That's what your body's (laughs) yelling at you right now. Yep. That is hilarious. So, yeah, I... What you been up to? So, not that I can discuss much about it, but last week I was in Ocala and basically I was there for or to watch a filming of something. Say less. Right. It comes out on TV in a couple months. So I'm not going to say what it is or anything just in case any of the producers are listening to this randomly. You never know. Uh, but it's something that we gathered to watch a live feed of. And it was exciting. It was exciting to watch what it was. Uh, I know I'm like dancing around it. It's this hilarious. is really stiff. Did just stop? Just stop. What? <laughs> so vague. You don't you don't like me being this vague? No. No. <laughs> You uh, know what wasn't vague, though? <laughs> the movie we went to go see on Saturday night. I love the transition. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yes, you're right about that. Uh, So what we went to go see on Saturday night is the fourth installment of this franchise. The second one we've done on this show. Yeah, because we did Parabellum. Yeah, we did. Chapter three last time. And the movie we're talking about is John Wick Chapter 4. Now, before we get started on that, uh, if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe to your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. And if you like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars goes a long way for us. Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at AlwaysCriticPod. And lastly, if you're a fan, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and share your support and listen to extra content and archived episodes like John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum. You can check out the page on patreon.com slash always critic pod. And thank you to our patrons, Janet, Curtis, Bale, Cindy, CD, Alana, Grace, Lorna, and Ib. Ib is new. Thank you so much. Love you guys. Love you guys. Thank you so much for showing your support. So today we are going to talk about John Wick chapter four. Jessica, why don't you let us know what it's about? All right. Sit tight. John Wick uncovers a path to defeating the high table. But before he can earn his freedom, Wick must face off against a new enemy with powerful alliances across the globe and forces that turn old friends into foes. Hey. Now, the movie's directed by Chad Stahelski. He has either been the director or co-director of all the John Wick movies. Correct. He's directed all of them. He's a prolific stunt coordinator. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's on person. <laughs> the movie was uh, written by Shay Hatton, Michael Finch, and based on characters from Derek Kolstad. The movie stars Keanu Reeves. He is back as John Wick. Uh, it, also joining him in the cast, we have Scott Adkins as Killa, Donnie Yen as Kane. Uh, that is just a fantastic name. <laughs> uh, Bill Skarsgård as the, how do you say it? Uh, the Marche de Gramo? No. The Gromo? I say Marquis, right? The Marquis right. de Gramo. In some uh, British period pieces, they say the Marquis, but well, I think uh, that's still wrong. Yeah. It's the Marquis de Gromo. He okay. plays. Uh, then we have Rina Sawayama as Akira. Uh, we have Ian McShane, uh, McShane returning as Winston. Same thing with Lance Reddick as Sharon. R.I.P. Uh, then we got Hiroki Sanada. Uh, hey. He plays Shimazu. We remember him from Mortal Kombat. Remember when we reviewed that? 
here I on try the podcast. To oh, I, I try to forget. <laughs> and finally, uh, rounding out the cast, we have Lawrence Fishburne as the Bowery King and Natalia Tena as Katia. So, Jessica. Now, yeah. I will say that this this month has been a little. Uh, I would say it started off strong with Creed uh, at the beginning of the month, and then yes. you know it's had a couple of rough stuff in the middle but how well did this movie do here oh my god it blew it out of the water number one movie of the weekend 73 million dollar opening weekend domestic it's made 137.8 million dollars worldwide since opening it's been open three days for reference i love the build-up though like the stats behind the box office for john wick no wonder they keep making these movies so john wick the first movie 14.4 million dollar opening very small yeah. But it made a $86 million worldwide, and it got a really good word of mouth and sort of a cult following, so they did another one. John Wick 2 made $30 million opening, and it went on to make $172, I'm sorry, $174.3 million worldwide. Very good. Very good return on investment. Then we get to John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum, which is the one that we reviewed on the show a few years ago in 2019. That opening was $56 million, and it went on to make $328.3 million worldwide. Crazy. And now we're here today for Chapter 4. <laughs> no wonder. $3 million opening. Like, it just yeah. keeps going up. It keeps, it keeps going, going up. up. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm I'm really excited because that th- this is a fun action franchise, and it speaks volumes in the critic and the audience score. Oh yeah, uh, critics love it, ninety four percent. Audiences love it, ninety five percent. The critics' consensus states John Wick Chapter Four piles on more of everything and suggests that when it comes to a well dressed Keanu Reeves dispatching his enemies in lethally balletic style. <laughs> There could never be too much. Mm. So, Jessica, what did you think of John Wick Chapter 4? Very much enjoyed it. I thought it was par for the course for this saga because it's now a saga. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy all of the action set pieces, all of the thought that's put into creating these sets, these scenes, the choreography, all of the stunt work is incredible. It's unassailable. I think the movie's 30 minutes too long, and that's it. So, <laughs> um, for my thoughts, I thought that this movie brings everything that you want in the John, Will, uh, the John Wick franchise. You want world building. You want more of the details of what happens with all the intricacies of this assassin world. Yes. You know? Uh, so a lot of the rules that come into play are, are fun, unique. Um, we get a lot of big, long action sequences. Yeah. Uh, winners. Oh, yeah. There are some mind boggling. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it, it really puts itself as one of the premier action franchises, not just of today, but I kind of, all of time. yeah, you can really say all time. This yeah. is one of the best action uh, movie franchises. And I agree with you. This movie is a hair too long. It It's at <laughs> two hours and 50 minutes. They can shave here and there some things. Yes. Um, but that does not mean that I did not enjoy the movie. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, there's some interesting characters that are introduced in this movie that I really enjoyed watching. Um I think if I were to break down like the movie itself, um, like sequences, I really enjoy. There's a sequence in Japan. We'll talk about it. I think that entire sequence is phenomenal. Yep. I think the sequence in Paris is incredible as well. The middle Which part. <laughs> that true. <laughs> uh, and then there's a middle section that takes place in Berlin that. Has some high moments, but also some low moments, and so, uh, so that that right there is probably where you could have maybe gotten rid of some time, possibly. Uh, but other than that, such a fun movie. Highly recommend to anyone who enjoys uh, these action movies. Of course, they're pretty violent. Not gonna lie. Uh, yeah. But you know, if that is the type of movie that you enjoy, 
check it out for sure. Mm-hmm. But trigger warning, no pun intended. Ha ha. Ha ha. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the additions to the cast, the new people, real quick. Just uh, who was like the standout for you? It was actually, I think, Hiroyuki Sanada's uh, daughter. Oh, uh, Rina Sawayama. She played yes. Akira. Yes. Oh, okay. I thought she was the standout. Donnie Yen can do no wrong. No, he okay. Can't. Like, there's, if you come in here and say, oh, Donnie Yen, like, blew it. Blew I all mean, the other newcomers easy. out of that. That's, that's easy. easy. That's, that's easy too to easy. Say. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I uh, think Rena. Rena uh, was good. Was really good. Yeah. Right. Um. And I'm obviously if we're taking Donnie Yen off the table because again it's it's the easy it's answer. It's too easy. Yeah. Um. I'm, I'm leaning towards uh, Hiroyuki, uh, as the hotel manager in Osaka for the yeah, Continental. Yeah, he's the Osaka continental manager and you know just like his presence alone is a lot for the movie it's great Uh, so i really enjoyed him and i will say this character can go wrong easily and it's killer by scott atkins (laughs) and there were moments where i found him to be extremely hilarious there are moments where i find it to be too cheesy and so it's like a mixed bag. I, I wanted to mention him just because that character has gotten a lot of conversation going online. Pe- really? Yeah, there are people talking about him. Uh, some Somebody even posted, uh, Scott Atkins' best supporting actor campaign starts Stop now. It. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah, he's very cartoonish. Very and cartoonish. seems more like a Batman villain than yeah. something out of John Wick. Yeah, you're right about that. He does seem like a <laughs> Batman villain. He's like, yeah, a a, a penguin-esque yes. sort of you're right. villain. You're right about that. Oh, good call. Good call on that. Uh, and then the the other person that I just wanted to quickly shout out, uh, Bill Skarsgård. Uh, Billy, yeah. So for me... Like I don't mind him. I didn't mind. I don't him know in the what movie. he was doing. He was doing something. Okay. <laughs> like he was trying to do. I don't know a French accent. I think it was a French accent. He was. You were like, to. I think he's supposed to be French. And considering all of nearly all of his scenes were in France or in Paris, we were like, okay. And he spoke French. Yeah. A couple of times, he was supposed to be French. The French accent was. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Shaky, shaky. Right. It was shaky. And it's not even that, oh, I can hear his natural accent. No, no. it's like, I don't even know what. What is he that doing? French, what is he doing? Exactly. Yeah. You know, it, if you're if you're going to do like French, right? Let's just <laughs> throw that out there. You know who probably would have been great for that role because I think you would have gotten like that like pompous asshole type of role that you're looking for in that character? Vincent Castle. Oh my god, you're right. Well, he's French. He though. is French. Yeah. So like on top but of Vincent that, Castle yeah. in a John Wick movie just fits. It fits, right? That fits. That, that tracks. Fits. Like imagine him like not wanting to get his hands dirty, you know, but being like that really just, ugh, you hate this that guy. That is an absurdly good recasting. I And you know what? It might be that Vincent Castle's just a touch too old now. That might be it. That might be right? it. Right? Yeah. How old is Vincent Castle? He's got to be like late 50s. Uh, Vincent Castle is in, oh, that's a good question. He's got to be in his late 50s because. I think he's in his late 50s. He, he's 56. 56, but, I mean, we're, we're talking about a franchise that has, like, Keanu Reeves. Ian McShane, who's ancient. Right. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Donnie Yen is not, like, a spring chicken either. Oh, no, absolutely not. So, like, you know. I. So, Vincent, again, Vincent Castle. That's not is, a bad recasting. Should have been Bill Skarsgård's Marquis, Marquis, however you say it. Yeah. 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 They really especially Ian McShane, he would really lay it on thick when he would say it. Like when he would say the phrase the Marquis de Gromo. Like he would like really <laughs> just like overpronounce it. It was fantastic. Um so 
I, I think that all the newcomers are at least good and up. Like, mm-hmm. there's not really a bad person in this movie at all. Um, again, you and I both agree there's there's a section of the movie that you can easily trim to get this down. Um, now, you, you sent me a very interesting article before yeah. we got started. Can you tell me what this article was? Yeah, so it's from Variety. And it kind of starts off by saying that Keanu Reeves cut a shit ton of dialogue from the original script of John Wick Chapter 4. And he only says, at the end of the day, 380 words in three hours. (laughs) That's quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's some stats in here that are ridiculous. Um, Let me see. In the first installment, which clocks in at 101 minutes, Mr. Reeves said a total of 484 words. So in a shorter movie, (laughs) he said more words in the first John Wick movie. And uh, again, he only says 380. 10% of them are featured in the movie's trailer. Yeah. It's insane. (laughs) So in a two and a half... Words this yes, says. in a two and a half minute clip, he says 10% of all the lines that he says in the entire movie. Um, I really thought that was funny. I think that obviously in this article, it makes it seem like Keanu Reeves is dedicated to not speaking, <laughs> to just not talking. He really is not. Uh, you know what I think? Maybe it's just the fact that this movie is long and everything maybe he was just like you know what i don't want to memorize too many lines it could be that or or i think it just is part of the character character. now yeah yeah i think the character has just gone through so much we're beyond words now yeah he's a man of action he is a man of action and okay and something that you said that i didn't fully realize until like i was like oh wow you you're right about that and it's that the world that we've been seeing of john wick from part one all the way till now probably takes place in a in a span of like two weeks yeah it's It's not long at all so you know everything that that man has gone through in since the beginning of the first john perhaps this is the biggest time jump like coming into chapter three i'm sorry chapter four right that this might be the biggest. There jump. could be an undi- undisclosed amount of time that's happened. Right. But so at least the first three movies all were like a week within, and a half. Yeah, something like that. And it's th- really quick because we did have to see. Well, he did recover somehow from he, right. part three. Yeah, exactly. You know, he had to recover from that. Uh, yeah. So I would say that overall, this movie is very, very good. Now, would you care? on your end to rank where this kind of falls in the four John Wick movies. So I think I liked it more than John Wick three mm-hmm. okay. because somewhere inside him going to see the elder and chopping off his finger and like that whole thing, like that kind of lost me. Like that whole sequence felt so superfluous right. to me. So I think I liked it, John Wick Chapter 4, more than Parabellum. But I freaking love John Wick 1 and 2. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's better than John Wick 1 and 2. What do you think? Uh, I mean, that's a great, the thing that's is, a great it question. gets progressively more ludicrous. Right. So, <laughs> so you gotta be, you know... Given that it's flowers, because each movie ups the ante as far as what you came to see, which is these action set pieces, these crazy action sequences. So one thing I will say about the 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 entire franchise is part one seems to be the most grounded. Okay, so here's the thing: part one has the like the easiest to understand plot. Yeah. Very it's easy. so easy to understand what he's who he's after, why he's after them, and why everyone's afraid of him. Mm-hmm. Chapters two, three, four, the plot gets so thin. 
Yeah, it does. It's starting. It becomes like a Mission Impossible movie. Right. Like who the frick cares? You're right about that. It does become full on that uh, Mission mm-hmm. Impossible where it's built around set pieces and they just have connective tissue just to get right. them there. Exactly. So, yeah. So I agree with you on that. Um, one thing I will say is that if I'm if I'm ranking the franchise, I think that part one and part two are above the 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 three and four. Now, mm-hmm. the order that I put them in, I think I put two slightly ahead of one mm-hmm. by a little bit, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. the other ones are three, four, right. To say that this is my least favorite is like, you know, you know, my least favorite ice cream. Like they're they're all good. It's just <laughs> that I prefer these other ones. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I really, really enjoyed the movie still and such a great franchise. You put it right up there. I think you could put it right up there with. Well, let me ask this. What's the best like action franchise? Oh, what? Action. Um, and we're leaving out like superhero because I don't count that because that's not what uh, we're... Would you count? Well, no, Rocky's sports, right? Yeah, that's sports. I mean, I consider Rambo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like an action Rambo's franchise. Rambo's an action franchise. Die Hard's an action franchise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, John Wick, Mission Impossible, even Bond. Um, you don't consider Mission Impossible an adventure franchise? No. Like Indiana Jones is an adventure. That's franchise. an adventure, yes. 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 Pirates adventure franchise. Exactly. Those are adventure. Okay. Yeah. So, but action, like I think I named like five big ones there. And uh, I think it's up there with like Rambo and Die Hard. Uh, I think for me, it's up there with Mission Impossible and Die Hard. Okay, see, the thing is, yeah. I don't like Mission Impossible as much as you Right, do. exactly. Yeah, that's... so that, That's just that's personal preference Yeah, that's personal point. preference at that point. I mean, these rankings are subjective anyway, oh, yeah, but you course. know what I mean. But yeah, it kind of gives an audience an understanding of where we kind of, you know, where we fall with, with action franchises. So, you know, you stating you don't really like the Mission Impossible people... They're watchable, but am I going to go out and purchase a Mission Impossible movie on Blu-ray? No, but you will. You exactly. fucking love those movies. I love so, them. So, there you go. Yeah. So, before we get into spoilers... Oh, oh, one last thing in this Variety do... article. Go ahead. It says that uh, Keanu Reeves spent nearly three months exclusively training for the stunts in the movie. Ooh. This might be a spoiler, but... The most challenging one to prep for was a car stunt in which Reeves' character races around the historic Arc de Triomphe in Paris, France. The actor had to learn how to do a reverse 180 and drift all while reloading his prop gun and shooting it out of the door. And I was when I read that, I was like, what? <laughs> he did that himself? Oh, my goodness. That's I have insane. no words. I, I, I could. <laughs> Tom Cruise, eat your heart out. I mean that that right there that just shows like level of commitment by these men in their late fifties, early sixties, man, <laughs> insane. It's you know that's something that uh, I always hear. Uh, so I listen to a podcast uh, used to be a radio show, the Dan Levitard Show, and one of his like top comments that he says about action movies is like all of our action stars are in their fifties and sixties. Correct. And he's right about that. Because if yeah. you look at our current stars, they're always... They're aging they're out. They're aging out. Not that they're aging out. They're aging the franchises and the properties up. Yeah. So everything is now catered to these men who are in their 50s and 60s doing these movies, these stunts. you know. And it kind of all kind of started like with Liam Neeson with Taken. Oh, absolutely. He was the one yeah. that kind of ushered in like, I'm an old man, but... You know, that very famous speech, you know, yeah. I will find you and I will kill you, <laughs> you know. So uh, I think that's where it started. And now, like, Hollywood has just kept going like, hey, you know what? This guy is willing to do his own stunts. Bam. You know, this is a tangent. Do you think that Matt Damon will pop back in with another Born movie? I mean, yeah, I think for can. the For the early 2000s, those Born movies 
were like the John Wick movies. They, they really were. were. Like, they really yes, were. Oh yes. my god, Born. <laughs> I, I can't believe I forgot to mention Born in our in, while we were I know. talking. I know. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I can imagine him. Obviously, script and money would have to come into play. But, oh yeah, no. Uh, Matt Damon, like, how old is Matt Damon right now? Like he he's got to be in his fifties. Much older than any of these no, guys. No, he's probably as old as uh, he's fifty two. Fifty two. That's yeah. He he he's a young whippersnapper compared to <laughs> like Cruz and Keanu, like yeah. So could he do it? Yes, I Absolutely. totally think he could. Like Jason Bourne, his most recent one was in 2016, so that was only seven mm. years ago. Uh, so could he do it again? Sure, I think he could. Is that pre downsizing? Uh, ooh. <laughs> 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 it was, by the way. It was, it was. Right? Downsizing was 2017. <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, know. Is there a correlation? I don't know. Uh, we can only hope there isn't. <laughs> All right. So what did you give this movie, John Wick Chapter 4, as a grade? I really want to just give it an A-. minus. Um, yeah. Just for the length, yeah. really. That's what I was going to do, too, because of the length. Okay. A-. minus. Yeah. A-. minus. And so... What we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and talk about like our favorite scenes and everything uh, right in spoilers that's coming up right after this. The greatest trick. Houston, we have a problem. I am the father. I see dead people. The devil ever pulled. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Was convincing the world. You can't handle the truth. He didn't exist. Oh, what's in the box? All right, and now we're going to talk about spoilers for John Wick Chapter 4. An alarming lack of Lawrence Fishburne in this movie. Yes, because... I love him. He is so extra. He's always chewing up the scenery. And I think I want him to narrate my life. Like, it used to be a Morgan Freeman. Like, I would totally want him to be the narrator of my life. But no, Lawrence Fishburne is bouncing off the walls and... I think he's just a tyrannical character. A tyrannical <laughs> character. It, like he just takes over every scene. And that's what I mean by he just like commands every scene that he's in. And no one else can get a word in. No. What? So he has that opening like yeah. monologue at the very beginning of the movie. Which who does that? Like that's super Batman <laughs> villainy too. <laughs> it really is. Uh, and what does He's he so yell at the end? But he yells like something like I'm the king or the uh, king. Yeah, the king is returned or something, something like know. that. But the way he yells it is just fantastic. Like with his full chest. With his chest. That man yeah. screams it out. I, I love, love him. And anytime I talk about the movie, I always say his name, John Wick. In the style of Lawrence Fishburne, like <laughs> okay, do it now for us. It's like John Wick, like he, he <laughs> elongates he the John. He it. Yeah, John Wick. John Wick. Like yeah. he, the uh, the rising of the John. <laughs> John Wick. The gestures that you're making to <laughs> yeah, try and convey what to he's convey doing. Convey what I'm what he's doing exactly. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right, so I kind of like commandeered the the spoiler no, no, but no, no, you're right. Go right ahead. I think you had something that you wanted to say. Oh, uh, so what I what I wanted to say was that I think my favorite sequence, yeah, in this movie, Talk to um, me. it's kind of hard to. I mean, you can make a case for the Paris, uh, the Arc de Triomphe, uh, that driving around. I think that's a really good sequence. But I don't think anything in this movie tops the Osaka sequence. Really? I, I love that really? entire sequence. Really? I think that I am drawn in by the the atmosphere of the continental there in Osaka, number one. Uh, the details. Uh, the, by the way, the cinematography in this movie is insane. Oh, outrageous. The set design, production design just killer stuff uh like that rooftop with the with the um, what is it called the the tree that was up there 
Yeah, the cherry tree. Cherry, cherry blossom. Cherry blossom tree. And with the neon lights and everything, just chef's kiss. It is beautiful. Intentional. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know why. I like why this. The cinematography has no business being that good. Yeah. In each one of these movies. Yeah, it, it really does. It gets progressively better. Right. There is one sequence that you can say possibly tops it. But before we get into that sequence, um, in the Osaka where like there's like this hall. Well, not a hall, but more like it's almost like a museum area. It is a training like floor. Yeah. But there's and like glass everywhere, of course. Glass everywhere. Everything is lit impeccably. And they have these samurai armor displayed everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In these clear glass cases, giant glass cases, as if it is like on display in a museum. Yes. And they start fighting up in there. Oh my gosh. Insane. It's stunning. I think there was a mirror. Was it mirror? I think it was glass, maybe. There was a glass room in Parabellum. Am I wrong? Yes. Yes, there was. Yes. They took that and they were like, got it. We could do it again. We're going to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what they did. They were like, yeah, yeah we're going to do this again. And you know what? Kudos to them. Love it. Because I loved it. No I thought notes. it was fantastic. <laughs> fantastic uh so the other sequence and rena rena Sa- sorry rena yeah. sawayama also tearing it up playing the katniss everdeen up with the shooting people at point blank range yeah with a bow and arrow are you kidding yeah she was not messing around bro no 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 not at all no no, no. they were they were all catching that smoke <laughs> they were all <laughs> <laughs> all right all right. right. So the other sequence that I think comes close is the sequence in Paris, the oneer from above. That's the one that I love. That's the, the most. one you love the most. That's the sequence that I love the most. It is just the execution of that is oh incredible, my God. impeccable, and being able to see everything from that bird's eye above you, and seeing that it looks like a video game. It does. And it looks. It looks fake. Like. This couldn't possibly have been a real take. Or even if it was multiple takes and they stitched it together, it still couldn't have been this perfect. And it was so well done, well choreographed, really interesting to watch. And I honestly, like once you watch it, you're like, I don't think they could have shot this any other way. I I agree. I agree. Um, what's great about just the entire sequence is seeing like the different spots that the different actors and stunt people come around to make interesting visual like takeouts yeah yeah and so like john wick especially with that modified shotgun well like the guy that he took it off of had modified bullets in it yep and so he's firing off these rounds and it's catching people on fire (laughs) it's absurd so i loved it and i was like fully expecting once they showed the guy taking like a bowie knife to the not to the bullets i was like oh wow like he's modifying the bullets no 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 check off modified bullets john wick has to get a hold of that gun john wick was and he does (laughs) yeah yeah not not this guy. This guy wasn't going to get... Not this rando here. No, he wasn't going to be lucky enough to be the one to fire this gun at no. John Wick. No, not at all. Uh, but yeah, that's an incredible sequence. Amazing. Um, and it looked like an obstacle course. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. Like they're panning around in this space and you're like, okay, you're taking inventory. Okay, there's a giant hole in the ground. Okay, there's like an opening here mm-hmm. and there's got to be someone hiding behind it. Well, they haven't used a hole in the ground yet, so waiting for that to happen and then lo and behold, like they use every part of the space in a really satisfying manner. They really do. And it feels like you're like watching John Wick mow down people inside a clue game. <laughs> yes, it does look like a clue board. <laughs> yes. That's a good one. That's a I didn't think of it that way, but yes, that is a great way to think about it. 
one thing that I always think of when I think of John Wick as well, and you said that he's mowing down through all these people. Uh, one time, I think it was like after John Wick 2 or something, <laughs> you know those like um, – those boards where it's like you have a budget of twenty five dollars, build a team of the, whatever. <laughs> yes, you you know exactly what I'm talking about. So yeah. like the whole parameter was there's a hostage inside a warehouse with a bunch <laughs> of you know uh, military. This, that's the scenario. And, exactly, build a team of these like heroes, and it's all like yeah. action heroes. Yeah. And so for some for $25 reason, $25 and yeah. each one is a different value. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah. for some reason, John Wick was at the $4 level, not the $5 <laughs> level. And this guy uh, that I that I know and that I listen to, Zach Harper from Cinephobe, uh, he tweeted out, give me John Wick, keep the change. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I always think about it. Uh, but it's so true, though. It is so true. There yeah. is no one like John Wick. No, no one jo- like John Wick. Uh, okay. Uh, let's talk some other sequences we may like because it sounds like we kind of gave what our favorites are for sure. What would you say is maybe your least favorite? The intro in the desert with him on horseback killing off some goons out there. To try and get to the elder who is like a hydra kind of deal. If you kill one, another one will spring up. There will always be an elder. And he just kills this rando that we've never seen before. It's not the same elder from Parabellum. And I'm like, you know what? That should have been on the cutting room floor. Mm, Got it. Should have been on the cutting room floor. Don't think it added anything at all. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I agree. I, because that's your least favorite of the, of that, uh, from part three. That's your least favorite thing. That's my least favorite thing of part three, and it's my least favorite thing of chapter four now. Right. So yeah, I totally, yeah, I totally so get I it. Cut it. It's it's a waste of a thing to do in in yeah. the movie. I think it almost feels like it wouldn't be a John Wick movie if he didn't try to assassinate somebody in a club. You're damn right. This is like Fast and Furious movies not having like a, a race scene. Right. There has to be a race scene. There has to be. So John Wick uh, has a new club, new dude that he has to kill. And I don't know. I don't think the kill was necessary. Like the process of him actually killing the guy wasn't my favorite. It was the lead up to it. Like the tension that was building because Donnie Yen showed up. And the tracker showed up Yes, with his dog and Keanu's sitting there in front of the target, right? This guy with gold teeth. Killa, right? Killa, yeah. So you have these four really interesting characters sitting at a poker table and they play a quick game before, like, you know, before things get going, so to speak. Yeah. And that was more interesting to me than the actual... Him killing Killa. Yes, I I agree. There was a good suspense in that. Yeah. Good suspense. Yeah. Um, I still would love to know the answer of how does Donnie Yen like figure out <laughs> so, things without being so able to see? Are we going to actually talk through this? The fact that Donnie Yen's character is blind. Yes. And his name is Kane. And of course, he walks around. With a modified cane, because there's a sword in his cane. I I wish he would have swerved there and just said, and of course he walks around, you know, with whatever the the one with the tennis balls, a walker. That would have been hilarious if you would have gotten there. No. uh, Totally fair. So Donnie Yen's character somehow can divine where people are, what 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 the cards are when they play that small poker game like how how the fuck did he know what cards he had how um so many things he's doing that i was like i get you know suspension of disbelief all time high here yes you have because to. you have to otherwise you'll just sit here and be disappointed right you'll just nitpick it to death yeah. and that's not what this movie is about it's not about that type of stuff. It's not about right. getting into the weeds of like, oh, well, uh, 
you know, he shouldn't have been able to do that, you know. Do I want to know the inside baseball of Donnie Yen's character being able to sense things like Daredevil over here? No. No. Um, <laughs> would it be fun to know? Sure. But I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, I have to know or else this movie doesn't make sense. You know, like, no. I mean, they did try to do a sequence with him where he <laughs> he was... Um, he had a Jurassic Park ki- kitchen takedown. Uh, yes. And <laughs> he put little doorbells everywhere that were motion sensors. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. And that would tell him where the person was. But later on, he doesn't even need that. Which, again, I have questions about. So. I have questions. But. Yeah. Again, not here to get that <laughs> bogged down in that. <laughs> uh, all we can say is he's one with a force. That's all. <laughs> I am one with the force, the force with me. Uh, okay, so you know who we haven't talked about is that tracker character. Yeah. That tracker character uh, shows up throughout the movie. And what were your thoughts about that particular character? Because he gets the jump on John Wick, uh, surprisingly. At least to okay, me, it was so- a surprise. I don't think it was such a surprise that he could figure out where John Wick was because everyone figures out where John Wick is at one point or another. Yeah, you're right. Uh, But I guess he's very good at cornering John Wick more so than other people because other people just like run up on him and he's poised to attack. But whenever the tracker comes up on him, he's like got his pants down. Yeah. That's a little more unique. Yeah, that is more unique. But the tracker is trying to milk uh, Bill Skarsgård's character for more money. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't pull the trigger every time he runs into Keanu. No, he keeps driving up the price. Right. He keeps driving it up. Right. Which, look, I'm, I don't blame him. Get your no. money, man. Get your yeah. money. And yeah. especially if you know how to find him, just, yeah, <laughs> make your money. I thought that he would use the dog more. I don't know, because we had such an excellent dog sequence in Parabellum. We did. It was almost like sad to see the one dog doing sort of basic things. Compared to to, Halle Berry's dogs. Halle Berry's dogs were jumping up 90 degree walls and shit like that. Like, you know, the dog didn't do as much. And granted, it's hella difficult to train an animal to do anything of course (laughs) so i'm sure that they were just like let's have one dog for the sake of having a dog the john wick movies wouldn't be john wick movies without a canine or two in them so starting from the very first movie um so yeah i don't know what did you think of the track i think the tracker he's a one track mind dude yes and what happens? John Wick saves his dog. Exactly. John Wick saves his dog, which leads to him uh, basically. Change of heart. <laughs> yeah, change of heart. He decides, you know what? I'm not going to try to kill this man. Obviously, there's a kindred there of protecting dogs, which has been like a huge staple of this move, of this franchise. Yeah. This is so, a dog-loving franchise. It is a very dog-loving franchise. So Johnny saves the tracker's dog and that's it he's gotten in the tracker's good graces you're right the (laughs) in the good graces you're right you're right about that and he blows like 40 plus million dollars bounty he he really does all for the The dog is so the dog is worth (laughs) 40 plus million dollars to the tracker pretty much pretty pretty much yeah yeah and this is after he like fucked up his hand to try and oh, prove something yeah, that's to right. the Marquis. Yeah, yeah. The Marquis de Gromo. <laughs> I think I you're having too much it. fun saying that. <laughs> I, 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 I clearly am. I clearly am. Uh, yeah, so I think the character is a, a nice addition. It's one note. But it is one note. I fully Easy agree. to predict. Right. outcome there yeah you're, you're just waiting die. for the turn yeah that's all yeah because 
usually with a character like that, usually they would ha- not have a good ending. No. Usually they wouldn't. No. So good that he was able to make it through. All right. Uh, so let's talk about, I would say, the the, the ending crux of this okay. movie, which... So... The, what, what do you mean the ending crux? You mean like the final, he gets dropped off near the Eiffel Tower by Lawrence Fishburne, who made it to Paris somehow. Yep. And <laughs> gives, gives him a new suit. And he says, "How cl-, you know, get me as close as you can to Sacre Coeur. Sacre Coeur is a big church up on a hill in Paris. Right. And he drops him off. He says, okay, I'll get you as close as I can, basically. He drops him off at the Eiffel Tower. The Eiffel Tower is not close to Sacre Coeur <laughs> at all. So when he did that, I was like, okay, he just made him traverse the entirety of the city of Paris oh to get to this church up on a hill. That's funny. So I thought that was hysterical. And he had, I don't know how many minutes or hours to get up to the church, which is where they were going to have their duel at sunrise. The, what is it? Arc de Triomphe scene where he is in in the middle of the circus. Drifting. Drifting. Yeah. And using the oncoming cars as weapons (laughs) to (laughs) run down all of these assassins that are after him because the bounty has just gone up. Bill Skarsgård's character doesn't want to have this duel. He knows he'll lose. Of course. And it's crazy. Like, finally, John Wick has one last giant staircase to climb up to get to the church. And this is the part that I was like, oh, we're going to stop here and have another sequence? This surprised me. Because I thought the movie was going on pretty long. Right. And so. And we just come off a bunch of different action set pieces as he's cutting through Paris. Yes. And then he gets to the bottom of the staircase and like all these assassins pop out of nowhere. And you're like, oh, fuck. Okay. Now he's got to do. It's so much more. And then on top of that, not only do they make him go up the stairs and he's almost cleared it. Yeah. But then. They make him fall down the entire staircase. <laughs> the entire he staircase. He rolls down the entire staircase. To the point of laughter that people were laughing yeah. at that point because it was absurd how <laughs> how much he was falling. But, yeah, so I think because of the fact that that sequence there plus the sequence in the nightclub, because mm-hmm. those go on for so long – and the sequence in the nightclub is in Germany, right? Yes. That's okay. the Germany one. Yeah. So because of that, that's where you start getting bogged down into like, okay, this movie's kind of going a little long here, mm. like because of these certain sequences. So and obviously we it's not just like a complaint of like, oh, they have to take this out. It's just more like, okay, maybe if you just cut back a little bit. You know, you could really like maybe you didn't have to fall down. all the way down the stairs again uh, and agreed. redo all of the, like, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so, when it comes to uh, this, we get to the final final sequence, which is the actual duel, which was, you know, requested by him by the old rules, the old laws, pistols with pistols, no quarter. Yeah, <laughs> and of course, uh, Kane is the one that the marquee decides to nominate to shoot for him mm-hmm. again how he's able to shoot proxy well uh i'll never know uh he asked a blind man to be his proxy in a duel yep exactly exactly okay yeah no 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 <laughs> no it, yeah exactly okay <laughs> okay okay so when it comes to that we see uh john wick kind of uh play the game because the whole game is you fire when you're when you're told ready and Mm -hmm. fire and so it gets down to 10 paces between the two because neither one is really wanting to kill the other they're like 
injuring them, but they don't want to kill them. Right. And then finally, Donnie, uh, Donnie Yen is able to get like that shot that knocks down John Wick. And then the Marquis and all of his <laughs> ego decides, pompous asshole. I will take the final shot. I will take the coup de gras. The, the coup de gras. <laughs> so then <laughs> I love that like the arbiter is like, you, you arrogant. The harbinger. <laughs> yeah, the harbinger. I think he said, you arrogant asshole. He has not fired yet. No, that he didn't say that. Ian McShane said that. It was Ian McShane. Sorry. Yeah, Ian McShane was it. like, uh, you arrogant asshole. Yeah. He hasn't fired yet. He hasn't yet. fired yet. And then he turns around, bam, right to the head. Yeah. Right to the head. So we see John Wick kind of give give his life for, I mean, in so the end. So let me say this. So let me get this straight. Yeah. John Wick got shot three times. Yes. Two of them were definitely non-life-threatening Correct. locations. It was like one in the upper arm, one in the upper um, shoulder. Yeah. The third and shot. then the third shot gets him sort of in his stomach area, like lower right stomach or so. Yep. And that's a that's a killer shot. That's evidently. the kill shot, apparently. Yeah. He dies on the steps of Sakrakur. Yeah, he does. Which surprised me. That that kind of surprised surprise me, me. That he he died. That was what killed him. That was what killed him <laughs> after all this time. After all of these I mean, inventive you're not, you're not wrong. fight scenes and cars and horses and motorcycles and him falling off multi-story buildings, leaving unscathed. That this he just was keels the over. That was the thing. One shot, essentially. Yeah. One shot. Not even like to the chest or anything. No, it was the stomach, which I think uh, in movie logic, most people can survive it. <sighs> okay, so he dies. And they tell, they have made a point of talking about epitaphs on gravestones. Mm-hmm. And earlier he says, on mine, I wanted to be loving husband. Yeah. I mean, that was the red flag right there that he's even talking about what he wants on his gravestone. Right. You know, I think at that point, you know, it's over. Yeah. It's over. So they make good on that and they show his gravestone next to his wife's gravestone back in, what is it, New York? Yep. New York. In the perfect spot where you could see the skyline. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Perfect spot. (laughs) Yeah. Because you got to know it's New York. I want to know how much that those plots are. Mm. Ridiculous amounts. I don't know if you've looked into these no, lately. No, I've never looked into that. <laughs> but never. Um, <laughs> the price of plots in cemeteries has ridden, risen drastically lately. Mm. I want to say for two in South Florida, maybe 20 grand. Really? Yeah. For a plot of land? For a pl- yeah, like a cemetery plot. Good lord, I am like so wait, in New this York. This is not something that I am so, aware of. That's why I'm like in New York with a view of the skyline, in a very picturesque area. I don't know, but those must be several thousand for sure. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And I don't know why I've decided to talk about this right now. While I feel it's <laughs> why I feel it's relevant, but anyway, <laughs> John Wick. Dies, gets buried, and that's it. You feel like he really has died. Yeah, right? I think he has. I think this, that's it. I think so too. Because I think he's just had enough. Yeah, the like what much? What more could you do in, as the character when everything that you've wanted to do is to seek vengeance for what happened to you? You know. And another thing is like throughout the John Wick movies, there has been a question of who is he really like? What is his true nature? Mm -hmm. Is it this passive loving husband that he so desperately clings to and loves his life? That life. Mm -hmm. Or is it this killer assassin who 
is out for blood all the time. That's in his nature to just kill. Right. And he's so good at it. Obviously, like, you know that he's a savant here <laughs> for <laughs> killing people. He's a savant. So, um, and in the end, I don't know if they answer that question other than to say it's what he chose. Yeah. That's that's how they leave it. With what he chose is to be a loving father. I mean, a loving father, loving husband, a loving husband. Yeah. Which I mean, that's fine. That's fine to you know to go that route, but it would have been I think a little nice to kind of learn maybe something else about him, maybe something else that he was striving for. Um, but we didn't get that. But that's okay. We don't get any other backstory no. other than he was in this Russian family. Right. That's the and most. And then he got disavowed in, what is it, two or three? Part Chapter two, three? Maybe? Part three is where he goes. Yeah, yeah. He they got punch his, his ticket. Yeah, they, they, they ripped his, rip ticket his ticket in the third one. In the third okay. one. Yep. We got that right. So other than that, you don't really know what you know how he was created <laughs> <laughs> how he was created yeah that's funny uh yeah you're right about that they we don't but that's okay because uh the reason why i say it's okay is because there are two different john wick properties coming down the road uh so i i feel like we should probably end on this mm-hmm. so the first thing that's coming is that there is a HBO Max show coming uh, for John Wick. It comes this year. Oh, wow. And it's, I believe it's called The Continental. Oh. Yeah. So what the show pretty much is about, it's a spinoff series and it includes... Oh, no, it's going to be on Peacock. Sorry. Oh, dang. Yeah. I mean, I have Peacock, but that's fine. So, but it's taking us back to the 70s. What? Yeah. So we are going to see, uh, like, Winston. I was going to say, are they going to DH Ian McShane or are they going to No, no, they're, they're casting someone younger. <laughs> uh, and they're going to have Sharon as well as his oh, assistant. Oh, wow. Uh, so basically, yeah, those are the things that they're doing. So just to wow. read the little tagline or not tagline, but this is what came from the producers or the showrunners. It's young Winston and young Lance Reddick or young Sharon. The showrunners actually came. Uh, we heard a lot of pitches when we were debating whether or not we wanted to do a similar timeline of John Wick or an alternate timeline. We felt like doing a prequel and doing an alternate timeline gave us a lot of flexibility just in running parallel tracks. But also what I think people love so much about John Wick and the John Wick world is learning about the hotels and the Easter eggs. Mm. So we give so little about each character and about the hotel in each movie that I think people were really excited to learn and dig deeper into the Continental. Like what does the cleaner dare look like? What is the staff? What is the how do you get into the continental like how do you become a member you know the gold coins what do they come from so right so they're really exploring the the whole atmosphere of like how does the continental run uh apparently it's going to be three 90 minute episodes so pretty much mini movies each oh wow Yeah. yeah and so it'll take place in the 70s um that is thing yeah so that is what's coming and it's coming in september to peacock and then we to see that and then the other thing that's coming out and this well, is the one i'm excited for that has been announced and uh we're kind of like waiting for and it's a spinoff called ballerina uh and so this is a movie that takes place in the john wick world and it is going to be starring Ana de Armas. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, pretty excited about that. Apparently, it takes place between the events of John Wick 3 and Chapter 4. Oh. So Keanu's in it. I got I to gotta <laughs> figure he's in it. Uh, 
yeah, because if you go onto Wikipedia, I don't know how much you can like take from there. But if you go on there, Anna de Armas is starring in it, Ian McShane, Keanu Reeves, Angelica mm-hmm. Houston. Ooh. So, and then additionally, uh, Gabriel Byrne, Norman Reedus, and Catalina Sandino Moreno have been cast in undisclosed roles. So, obviously, they've Norman been Reedus. doing stuff. Yeah, Norman Reedus. Hmm. Norman Reedus. Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Uh, so, it, it's interesting cast. And I'm excited because Ana de Armas did show... A lot of promise for the action genre in the brief moment that we got her in. No time to die. Exactly. Yeah. She, she was that great. movie with her going, I got three weeks of training. <laughs> and she's <laughs> kicking ass and taking names. She really is. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for her to be the ballerina. I'm excited about it. That excited. entire world, that entire part of that world is so unexplored that I, I'm really excited to check yeah. that out. Yep. So... All right. Uh, do you have anything else on Sh- John Wick Chapter 4? Yes. The Paris locations were amazing and stunning. And I feel like they were actually done in these locations, like mm. actually filmed in a lot of these places. Like when Winston goes to give the, what is it? The dual summons or whatever. Yeah. The challenge to Bill Skarsgård. He is sitting in the Louvre, in an empty Louvre. In front of this giant painting, and you're like, okay, where did they film this? Like at 3 a.m. in the Louvre? Like, (laughs) I want to know these things. So it's very extravagant. It is. And super extravagant. You know, they're out here thinking, making us think that they have a whole radio outpost for, you know, this assassin's world in the Eiffel Tower itself. Yes. Which made me laugh. Oh. <laughs> that was that was very comical. But kudos to them for uh, you know, pulling together such a great movie and uh all of these set pieces, the locations, production design, all of that. Amazing. Yeah. It... Do you think it'll be up for any Oscars real fast? Well, if they would do best stunt choreography or something oh. like that. Like, if they would create this yeah. award, which should be an award. Oh, absolutely. Best, best stunt choreography, best whatever you want to name it. There should be something that does reward the stunt craft. Mm-hmm. And this would easily get, you know, a oh. nomination. Um, the guy falling down the stairs. Oh, ugh, ouch. But yes. I just, I was shocked. Did you, I mean, you, you turned yeah. over and you saw my face. I was like. Horrified. Horrified. It's real. It really it's is. A real it's real fucking person. Yeah. Falling down those yeah. steps. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um if if it were a just world cinematography oh or even gosh. production design, one of oh those two. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. You know, but it stands toe to toe with any you know, Deacon's output oh, that's yeah. been nominated. For I feel sure. Strong words, but I I do stand behind them. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't argue with you at all. Like, yes, for sure, it's it's right up there. I I love the way this movie looks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It looks so amazing. Like, on the what's screen. the difference between this cinematography and you know this the Skyfall cinematography? Yeah. I think the like that's a good comparison. Like, I, why would a Bond movie get nominated and not this John like John Wick movies? I I can't you know I saying? can't argue with that. Can't it's argue. It's so that. annoying. It really is. Ah, uh, we can Oscars. only hope that stunt choreography becomes one eventually. So it would sweep. Can you imagine <laughs> next year? Like they introduce they put out the press release. We were introducing a couple new categories, and one of them is stunt choreography or stunt stunt work. In a film, and John Wick sweeps like a bunch of technical categories. What would be worse is they announce it and it doesn't even get nominated. <gasps> that would be even worse. Oh my god! Oh my god! At that point, I no. would be like, "Why'd you even create this category? Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me why." <laughs> I mean, 
for John Wick, it would be nothing but a heartache. So we got to get out. We got to go. All <laughs> right. Uh, so if this is your first time listening, thank you so much for checking us out. Uh, please let us know what you thought about the episode and about the movie at Always Critic Pod on the socials. You can find us on all of them. If you have not subscribed on your favorite podcast app, go ahead and do that now. We You can find us, Always the Critic Podcast. Uh, and then if you've done all that, be like our current supporters. Join them <laughs> at patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod where you can, for as little as $2, uh, you can support us. You can also find back episodes, mm-hmm. backlogged episodes, Backlogs. which, by the way, soon enough, there will be like a new set of episodes that will be going behind that paywall. So mm-hmm. if you haven't heard that uh, that episode that you've been kind of saving from a while back, I would definitely either listen to it or just become a patron. And that way you never lose access to any of the episodes. So with that said, that has been our episode I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica, and this has been the Always the Critic podcast. Bye.